So welcome back to a uh, another exciting edition of the Decipio Bears podcast. The Bears have won <laughs> twice since the last time we did this, which is amazing. But I thought, guys, I thought we'd spend our time talking about things that people really want to know about. So we're going to talk about the, the Peloton TV spot, uh, Baby Yoda, and whether or not Mitch Trubisky is having a better season than Tom Brady. What do you think? Those three things. The the last one is you know I, I mean since week four he he's beating him in almost every category I think is the is that the was is that the stat you saw because that's the one I saw that someone did a comparison since I week just saw four. I just saw and, somebody's hot take that was suggesting that yeah, it was somebody at NBC what? Sports Chicago and all I saw was <laughs> is Mitch Trubisky having a better season than Tom Brady. So I retweeted it and just said no, and that's I didn't bother to read it. So <laughs> I, I don't think I don't think he is having a better season because first of all, you have to like I mean, since week four means you have to drop three games where Brady was very good. But I, you know, every year Brady has like that period where you're like, oh, is he finally done? But usually that's in September, and then he just gets better as the year goes along. I do think. Maybe there's some light at the end of the tunnel for the rest of us that for once this year he actually started out hot and has been asked the last 10 weeks. But, I mean, I Brady is 40 years old and Mitch is doing this in what should be the prime of his life, so no. Yeah, there's a little difference. 40, 42, I believe. He's old, and it's. I think most of his problems are they didn't really replace Gronk. He's got a... Even for them, they have a weird wide receiver, wide receiving core. They haven't been able to run it the way they did. So, I, I'm, uh, I'm going to go way out on a limb and say that even at 42, um, I'd still rather have Tom Brady than Mitch Trubisky. So, to yeah, me, sure. I think that means he's having a better season. You know, the Mitch. I'm all, I'm almost mad that he had that game he had against Detroit because it was easier on me to just assume that we were never going to see him be good again. Like it was easier for me to just assume that something in him that he he had just gone like quarterback and keel and it was just <laughs> not there anymore. So to see him actually hit a couple of deep balls and actually flash some ability again just almost pissed me off because it's like like I, it's too little it's too late it's it, I'd, I'd feel better if you just hadn't done that to me you prick I made a I made a similar comment two weeks ago in the Giants game where he threw one out of his end zone and it was such a beautiful pass to Robinson it might have even been third down and I was almost irritated was seeing that pass because we hadn't seen it at all. It's like now, you know, uh, so I'm kind of with you, Kyle. It's almost like, you know. It's not like Jay where Jay was literally always up and down. And with Jay, he never had that, those stretches where it's like, oh shit, he's just broken. You know, he had the same problem over and over. And Mitch, it's just like, 
when he when he gets so lost, he's like so functionally useless that to even have a game where it's like you can do this. If you can do this, why why the fuck does this happen so often where you just look like you don't even know where you are? It's so frustrating. And I mean, like some of those passes and granted, I mean people are gonna say yeah, it's Detroit. Their defense is horrible, and of course that contributes. But like, if it's not like he hasn't had plenty of open receivers in most of the games this year, it's the fact that like even against the shit defenses, he's still missing the wide open guys. So for him to actually, I mean the the third down completion that he had to Miller against Detroit, the the one long one that went for. I mean, first of all, it was the first time all year I can remember the Mitch throwing the ball and the ball going off camera for a second, and I brace <laughs> myself, and it actually lands in a receiver's hands, and I was like, holy shit, is that legal? But yeah, it's just like, just, you know, if this isn't your turning point, and I don't think it is, but if, if it's not your turning point, I, I would have preferred you just not do this to me at all. So I guess we'll see what's happening. But yeah, I, I, as of right now, I'm, I'm going to say I'm almost more mad that it happened. And and it just there to tease us one last time. Cock tease. Maybe all it took was Jesper Horstead. Yeah, he exists. I mean, the, he that was you know what? It was a very that nice catch. A good, that was a good throw and a great catch. I mean, that was. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think it would be really funny if Jesper Horstead, the undrafted Ivy League guy, ended up being something after Adam Shaheen managed to take his place as one of the most impotent second round picks in franchise history. And we've had some doozies. I think was, was it on the pod last time that you asked whether you'd rather have Shaheen or John Allred or, or did that just come up on Twitter? I can't even remember anymore. <laughs> now we talk about Twitter. But, it's a good talking time. about the, yeah. we're, weren't we trying to compare the best second round tight end ever yeah. drafted by the bears? Yeah. So I, I can remember, <laughs> that, I can remember if we talked about that ago. last week or, or two weeks ago, or if that was just on Twitter, but like it, yeah, I was like, it would be kind of, I mean, I don't think it's actually going to happen, but it would be kind of funny if Jesper Horstead was something after they made such a big swing and miss on Shaheen in the second round. Well, he's had one start in his career, and he caught a touchdown pass. So he's caught every he's caught every pass thrown to him in his NFL career. He's two receptions on two targets for 22 yards and a touchdown. So he can't stop Jesper Horstead. I'm, I'm sure Shaheen has more career touchdowns than that, I think, but I can't remember them. Does he, does he have more? Well, so he really wants to. Yeah, so the over-under I can't he re- needs to hit is... I can't, I, I can't recall a single touchdown. four. Oh, four, four touchdowns. And, uh... Three of them... Three of them came his rookie year, though. So he has just one in the last two seasons. So no wonder none of us can remember it because I wasn't even watching the Bears in 2017. Yeah. Where are so. they even? Oh, and he does have a, you know, of course, he has a kick return this year, too. <clears throat> that was memorable. Oh. We all remember how well that went. So, that pretty much, oh, yeah. Oh, that's oh, his, pretty much put a, that's his last, put an end to that Philadelphia. That's his last play, probably ever, as a bear. Last time he touched the ball. Yep. Yeah, it's fitting. Yeah. But, uh, he hasn't played yeah, since. I mean, I guess we could talk about Anthony Miller. Anthony Miller really broke out. I mean, of course, yeah. it's it's very Anthony Miller that even when he has the best game of his life, he still managed to nearly make just one of the most insanely stupid 
I mean, that, that that play right there almost summarized the the Bears' entire season where it looked like Mitch, one, was holding the ball too long and was about to be sacked, and then he managed to make a miracle escape and throw an on-target pass to hit Miller in the hands only for Miller to fumble, but then they ruled it an incomplete pass. And I got to be honest, I, I still think that was a that was a fumble. Yes, that looked like a fumble. I disagree, but whatever. They call it. Our, I mean, it seemed he never really had possession. I, I Speaking of Miller, though, I, Kyle, you, you, you had a tweet, and sometimes I see tweets that are maybe a few hours old. So I'm only going to assume it was at the beginning of the game um, when you had one more pile on, on Miller because I'm like, he actually had a good game for once. Yeah, he had a great game. He was – and he, to, be, to be fair, he's actually come along – Fairly strong in the. I think over his last, over the last four or five games, he's averaging like 50, 60 yards a game, which is kind of impressive considering you know what he's working with at quarterback and and that Robinson's been putting up good numbers in that time frame too. But it just seems like he makes the one big gaff every game that overshadows the fact that his production's actually been going up. But he he's. I have to give him some credit. He's you know maybe there's hope for him yet. I don't know about. Oh, but maybe. Well, after there's hope for Miller. I don't know. Maybe if they get someone else in here next year to to throw to that wide well, receiver, Javon Williams too right. actually uh, finally made an appearance. Looked pretty good. Caught a couple. Yeah, of I think. Uh, I right. think Riley Ridley. Gabriel's days are. Did he do anything? No, but he got to stand in the ball. Catch? Say he was active. But yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, I think Gabriel's day. Days are definitely numbered. I mean, he was already probably going to be a cap casualty anyways, but I definitely didn't miss him at all. Um, nope. Probably didn't help his cause. Yeah, there was a three-week stretch where Miller basically disappeared. He only had three targets against Chargers. He only had three catches. But then one target against Philly and then two against Detroit the first time. But the last three weeks, he's averaged 11 targets and seven catches. Um, trying to do math, which is always dangerous, for about 90 yards. So. That actually speaks well to Trubisky, I would think, because for a while it seemed he was only capable of targeting Robinson. I know it's an exaggeration, but for a while there, Robinson well, was a security blanket. I don't know that's an exaggeration. There were clearly plays that they called for Mitch where Robinson was sometimes the only read, which is weird that you would have to do that with a third-year quarterback, and there were a lot where he just decided in a huddle, I'm just going to throw it to Robinson. That the, That's the part that apparently has changed lately, is that he... Yeah. Actually, is, I mean, with Miller, if you even... Even including the him getting blanked against Philadelphia, if you go back the last eight games, he's averaging about 58 yeah. yards Starting game, with, so Starting I mean, with the Oakland game, they actually... Because the, yeah. the first four weeks, they only targeted him eight times total. Yeah, that was when I was really getting concerned that, that the coaching staff clearly had just written him off already. But. Who's going to run those 14-yard routes, 16 yards, if not for... Yeah, Anthony no, he's, he's making some progress, so... Right. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, if, if Miller is going to, you know, kind of take a step forward, and obviously Robinson is, is a fantastic player, hopefully, you know, if you're... If you're bringing in competition for Mitch, at least, or hopefully, you know, if you're targeting one of the veteran guys who's going to be available, like Bridgewater or something, you at least maybe have a receiving core you have some confidence in, and you can focus all your, you know, efforts in the offseason on upgrading at the tight end position as well. 
They've also, uh, I have to give them some credit. They've also worked, um, I feel like they've worked Montgomery into as a receiver into their game plan the last couple of weeks, which is big because, I mean, he's a good he's a good back catching the ball out of the backfield. He's yeah. And unlike Tariq Cohen, when he catches the ball, he actually, you know, goes upfield. So that's, that's nice. It's part of the reason they got rid of Howard, right? He wasn't much of an asset in the passing game. Yeah, he had stone hands, and I mean Montgomery definitely. I mean, he catches. And he's not a he's not a threat downfield, but when he when he he's a pretty fluid runner, and when he catches the ball, you know, on swing passes and stuff, he he turns up field quickly and he gets first down. So it's nice to see them kind of incorporate that. Yeah, I agree. And I I agree about that observation on Cohen too. It seems he's running east west a little too too much. I, I, to the, to the I point. can't think of one great play he's made all year. He really has disappointed. Yeah, there's yeah, I can't think of one. <clears throat> Not much. Um, yeah, I mean, he hasn't had more than 39 yards receiving in a single game, and he's yet to top 39 yards rushing. <laughs> In a single game, so yeah, that's a uh, that's not great. Wow, yeah, those are not inspiring. So, and he just—I I mean, Hester could be frustrating with that too. We're going east west too much, and but every now and then Hester would really pop one, and Tariq would pop one, you know, the last couple of years. But he—if he, you don't ever pop one, you just really are not doing anybody any favors out there so of course now, of course the most inf- go ahead you finish oh, it of course not all that's cohen's fault because i mean well mitch has his issues but also we talked about this earlier in the year but when naggy is constantly splitting cohen into the slot and using him as a slot receiver if you don't ever use him as a running back to get him matched up on a linebacker just putting him him on the in the slot doesn't do anything. He's not a he's not a slot receiver, so you're you know an average nickel can shut him down. Now the whole point is get him in a mismatch. But yeah, either way, he's he's been very disappointing. Of course, the most infuriating East West was uh, was pulled off by Mitch himself in the oh, Thanksgiving right. game. <laughs> he was that was luckily it didn't hurt him, and it was just you know he's taken hits before. It just I don't know what he was thinking, but he was that. A yard away, just all the others drop his shoulder, or, and then he, he turned up field and lost two more yards. And you know, Nagy was pissed. That was at the end of the first half, right? They had to settle for a field goal. Yeah. Well, that was the case where, you know, my, my grand theory has always been that because their offense completely changed after Mitch hurt his shoulder last year against the Vikings. So, oh, been that was around the time that they're not going to last long if you keep running like that. You need to, to stay in the pocket and you need to avoid the big hit. And I think because Mitch is, as we've discussed many, many times, so stupid <laughs> and so mechanical in his thinking, I think he's literally just coached himself out of his own instincts. So, like, when he when he saw that guy was clearly going to, you know, hit him, even though he probably very likely gets the first down, but he sees he's going to take contact doing so, he just immediately – like it's almost like you could see the hamster spinning going you you're not supposed to take that hit and he just tried to avoid it and of course it looked made one of the just it looked like a controller disconnected and mad so you just starts <laughs> drifting off to the left 
Yeah, Mitch but, seems. Yeah, that was. He's so mechanical. It's just like you clearly are a, a weird combination of thinking too much and not thinking at all. Mitch seems very much like a binary thinker. He can either hold one or no thoughts in his head at a time. And that becomes an issue when you're trying to play quarterback in the NFL, I think. Yeah. Oh, shit. Uh, I guess if we are bringing up the Giants game at all, I barely remember, which, to be fair, I was putting up Christmas lights for most of it. Um, but doing my Clark Griswold best. Um, the the Giants quarterback, Daniel Jones, of cumul- or, uh, a hilarious stat, He's only started, I think, 11 games. He has 10 lost fumbles, 15 fumbles total. Not to mention he's also got like 12 interceptions already. I mean, he's like a, like a Tony Banks with a much better degree, I guess. I don't know. Like, I was impressed that this that, – and the funny thing was is the whole reason the Giants drafted him. The, the, the rap on him was like, okay, sure, he's not the most talented kid. But he's smart, he's savvy, he takes care of the football. And, I mean, 10 fumbles, 15 fumbles and 11 starts, 10 of them lost. Like, I, I mean, if you've had 15 fumbles, I'm, I'm going to say 15 fumbles instead of just the 10 you lost because I'm sure you weren't the one recovering them. But, like, Jesus Christ. Uh, kudos on the Tony Banks reference, by the way. Hmm. Actually, that one was inspired by uh, uh, Andy. Uh, a daily dose that he wrote all the way back in 2004. And I still laugh at it because he was talking about all of the fumbles that Craig Krenzel had in just three games. And I remember distinctly, he had a line where he said, I think when you do that, Tony Banks gives you a trophy. And it made me laugh so hard in 2004. Now, granted, I was only like 15, so I, I had lower standards, but it made me laugh so hard in 2004 that it stuck with me forever. So whenever there's a quarterback who fumbles a lot, I always remember Andy's line about Tony Banks. So I can't take credit good. for that. That's good. Because, yeah, he definitely had a reputation <laughs> as having small hands. He was one of those small hands quarterbacks. I don't remember him fumbling a lot, but it would seem to follow. Well, you know, it's funny. I the the small hands thing became kind of a joke because that was one of the knocks on Dante Culpepper. That was why the Bears didn't draft him. And I remember my friend and I would always kind of sarcastically say, "Oh, small hands!" Whenever Dante would do something awesome, because we were mad the Bears didn't draft him. But when I was looking to see how incredible um, Daniel Jones's fumble talent is. Uh, the there was there was a stat for most fumbles per game, and like three of the top five spots were in fact different seasons by Dante Culpepper. <laughs> so I guess I guess the small hands knock was not entirely inaccurate. There, he did fumble a lot. So so if you think no, about w- it, if if Jerry Krause instead of going to the whites, going back to the White Sox to scout when he was done with the Bulls, if he had gone to the Bears. Bears the Bears would have been in much better shape because Jerry knew the secret. He just looked at every potential draft pick. He looked at their mom's hands. And mom's if hands. mom had big hands, that, that was a good sign, which is the <laughs> most batshit idea ever, even for Jerry Krause. Elton Brand, right? What was... Okay, um... It was Elton Brand, I think, when he first... Like, he's got big hands. His mom's got big hands. Yeah. What? What? I'm sure he was super aroused by Eddie Curry's mother's mitts one day. Okay, hold on. Why? why? I could curl why up like a baby hands? in those things. We're drafting Eddie. 
why do big hands even matter in those sports? <laughs> I'm really confused. But <laughs> yeah, especially if you're a big guy like Elton Brand. Yeah. I mean, it's assumed you have big hands. I mean, it's yeah, I mean, like okay. supposedly the reason Shaq was such a terrible free throw shooter is because his hands were so big that it's like a normal person trying to shoot like a tennis ball. You, know, you can't possibly shoot it straight. It just wants to roll off your you know, off your pinky and go in the wrong direction. Oh, all right. I... All right, so you wanted... Mom had big hands. Okay. Kyle, you wanted to talk about the stat air yards. Okay, so... Um, yes, there is a stat, and it's actually... Pro Football Reference started tracking um, advanced metrics this year which is great, but it's completed air yards per attempt. So on your average pass attempt, uh, how many air yards are you gaining? Not total yards, but like just how far does the ball actually travel on your average completed pass? And Mitch surprisingly is only fifth or sixth worst in the NFL in this category. He averages 3.4 completed air yards per attempt, which is so sad, but uh I believe Mason Rudolph, the the quarterback that was just drafted by the Steelers for I like a dude named Gil Hodges or something. Um, duck, duck, duck. Yeah, um, he's a, he was dead last in that stat at two point nine, which is just incredible. But yeah, Daniel Jones was was on was in the second spot as well at three point two. Um, as is as was Jacoby Brissett, who actually overall has good numbers. So that goes to tell you that Frank Reich is everything Matt Nagy thinks he is, but isn't so um, because the Colts offense is actually functional despite having a quarterback who throws at the speed of smell apparently. But uh, yeah, the, the fact that Mitch actually wasn't last in that category was kind of, was kind of impressive. Although I kind of wondered if it's that he had fewer completions, although I guess that, uh, yeah, I guess that could be it. It's just that he completes fewer passes than the other noodle. But Mitch, I don't know. But, but Mitch, but Mitch was fifth. You said, right? Yeah, he was fifth worst. Yeah, Jones, so, so Jones was second. So that that sort of reinforces my belief while watching that game two weeks ago that it was like watching one team playing a giant against a giant mirror against itself. Yeah, the only difference in that game was. Clearly, the only difference in that game was that the Bears actually have a defense and the Giants do not. But what did you guys think of uh, Purdue quarterback uh, David Blum. Daniel David Blum? Daniel yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny. We uh, we were going to my mother in law's house for Thanksgiving, and so I had watched the Bears' first touchdown drive, and I thought, oh, okay, well, they're at least going to beat Detroit. And I, I loaded everybody up in the car, and we drove to my mother's law, mother-in-law's house, which is not even a 10-minute drive usually. And I walk in with all the stuff, and they had the game on there, and I saw that the Bears were down 14-7. to 7, And I was just <laughs> like, are you fucking kidding me? So I would... Uh, I, 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 I take it 7-8... I messaged I my it, friend who I knew had been watching the game, and I'm like, I need you to explain what I just happened I take it WBBM here. doesn't reach all the way to Des Moines, or no, just... It doesn't matter. Jeff Joni oh, no. Even if it does, you wouldn't know what the fuck was going on, so... <laughs> this was great. Yeah, so we... A, I missed part of... I, I missed watching part of the game, because I was driving my... Um, I was driving to Thanksgiving. I had my mom in the car. And, you know, she's 
every time something was happening, she started talking. So it was even more distracting. I was trying to tune her out so I could listen to the Bears. But uh, at one point, the Bears kicked a field goal, and um, Mom goes, did they make the field goal? And I go, I don't know. This is the problem. <laughs> with the Even my mom noticed that Jeff Joniak – it took him, like, he talked for, like, a minute before he, you finally realized that uh, they'd made the field goal. It's like, what the fuck? So, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah, he, he's, no, it's okay. Uh, yeah, no, on a clear, sunny day, every now and then, it will, I can pull in the score, and I can pull in 780, and then usually after about five minutes, I, I realize it's a blessing, not a curse, that I can't get them. But, uh, yeah, we were driving back. We went to... Uh, to Galena for a weekend back in October, we were driving back on Sunday and I was trying to, and so in Galena, we could still pick up 780 and also driving West towards Des Moines as it slowly faded out. And my wife was like, <laughs> trying to knocking thing off. I cannot listen to this guy for five more seconds. And I was like, no, I need to, I mean, I guess you're right. I can't even tell what's happening anyway. So I just turned it off. So the question was, what, what did we think of David Bluh or whatever he says? Yeah, David Bluh. Yeah, I was. Uh, well, let's just say I, that I, he averaged 7.8 air yards and yeah. uh, seemed to find anytime, um, anytime Galladay got open, he found him. It was. He, yeah, Galladay and uh, who's the other one? Marvin Jones. Yeah. He was. They actually, the Lions, they actually, were, the Lions actually have they, good receivers. They have two good receivers. Yeah, yeah. they were him. They were embarrassing Fuller and Prince. And, I mean, I don't mean that to disrespect Fuller and Prince. I think they're both good corners. But, yeah, that apparently is just a bad matchup for them because they were both getting embarrassed. Um, there was a noticeable difference in between the two quarterbacks as to one of them moving in the pocket to actually just get a little extra time and clearly going through progressions, and then Mitch. Um <laughs> And this is an undrafted third-string quarterback who basically outplayed the, the, in, outplayed Mitch in Mitch's best game of the year. I mean, if you had if you had just taken somebody who hadn't had no concept and said, "All right, one of these quarterbacks was second pick in the draft," the other guy was undrafted, they would have had a hard time telling you who was who. That's another not great sign, I don't think, for beloved Mitch. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was pretty embarrassing when the Bears nearly lost to Jeff Driscoll to nearly lose to Jeff Blah. And, and that's the other thing is like, what the hell yeah. were they playing Driscoll for over this guy? I mean, yeah, I mean, well, they apparently decided the same thing because they, I think they IR Driscoll immediately after that game. They were like, "Fuck it, let's just see what we've got in this guy." I mean, Matt Stafford can't have forever left on that deal. I don't know how long Stafford's still there, but. At some point, they I think they're going to have to start over. Well, his senior year at uh, Purdue, he he threw for 572 yards against Missouri. So whatever yeah. that's worth. Uh, well, he, he was the quarterback when they beat Ohio State, right? The last game Ohio State lost? Yes. Yeah. 378 yards, three touchdowns, and no interceptions. So, Why wasn't he drafted? I uh, because he's six one and yeah he's not very big and I don't think his arm yeah. super strong but apparently he can throw a deep ball if Kenny Galladay's open so 
Yeah, it was a nice pass. Third down. I mean, yeah. guy never played yeah. in the NFL before. It showed some showed some poise on that play. But honestly, if you if you're throwing to a guy that went to NIU, you know, you just get it close to him. He's gonna catch it. Right. He'll I mean, get you it. know that. Just get it anywhere near a husky, and he'll haul it in. So, um, one of the interesting. Is that why Garrett Wolf failed? Yes. Failed because he was too small to get it anywhere near him. That was part of the problem. Yes. Um. So I want to make one last thing about the yards, about the air yard stat. What do we think the John Shoup offense averaged in air yards per attempt? Was it a positive number, or was it? <laughs> Every pass was thrown two yards behind the line of scrimmage, and so he actually had somebody had a negative that year. Just, that still scars me. That and the Gary Croton, the bubble screens over and over again. I wake up at night well, screaming about the bubble screen. I, you remember when when Croton arrived in 1999? God, it's been 19 years. He came in with Dick Geron. Twenty. I, I went to that first game against. Uh, yeah, twenty. You're right. Twenty years, two decades. I went to that first game in the Duran era, and they played Kansas City, right? Yeah. Gunther Cunningham was uh, was in his first game as the coach, replacing Schottenheimer, and and the they didn't know what to do in the first half of that game. That wide receiver screen was like a wrinkle that Gary Croton introduced the NFL. Now teams caught up to it, and then teams emulated it. And I remember thinking, within two years, the Bears went from being the team that introduced this wrinkle to the NFL to within two years being the only team that couldn't execute it and couldn't stop it and couldn't well right <laughs> but it's there but I, I, that was it was funny because this Cunningham was so frothing mad after the game and he's trying to belittle this rinky dink high school play it was just kind of everybody kind of pointed and laughed at this angry old Gunther Cunningham um, but yeah it didn't last um, and within a year. You know, Croton was basically running back to Provo, Utah, uh, to be replaced by Shoup, who didn't have any imagination whatsoever. So, thanks for bringing up John Shoup, Andy. That's really good times. Provo, Utah, or, yeah, Pro- the- or Provo, Spain? <laughs> Does it matter? Well, the thing about the wide receiver screen is it's a it's a it's a constraint play. It it's specifically you do it when you catch the defense cheating against your base stuff so you know when the defense is expecting one thing you hit it with the wide receiver screen when the defense is expecting the wide receiver screen it's just a negative game it's just a negative play and that quickly became the problem with both Crowton and Shoop is you know everyone figured out that like if, if you just snuff out that screen it's not like they're gonna go deep in retaliation I mean with Shane Matthews they literally can't so was why it got snuffed out so fast. That was a that was a star-studded Bears team in '99. So in that game against the Chiefs, um, Shane Matthews threw for 245 yards. Cade got to play six for nine for 77 yards. Um, Curtis Enos caught five passes. Glenn Milburn He's still on the pass. team in '99. Okay. Bob, Bobby Engram caught six for 53. Curtis Conway, nine for 88. Marcus Bobby Robinson, Ingram. four for 47. The great, the immortal, Macy Brooks caught two passes for 28 yards. Ryan, Marty Booker on that team? Ryan yeah. Wet Knight had uh, caught two for 25. Unfortunately, uh, named it John Allred caught, one, a, caught, caught a pass for a yard and a touchdown. Two John Allred references. Yeah, caught, the funny thing is... It's it's split between three different quarterbacks, so no one ever pays attention to it. But I actually believe 
1999 was the year where they threw for the most yards in Bears history, like combined. I mean, uh, Jim Miller, Jim Matthews, Miller had back, Jim Miller had back to back 400 yard games. I want to say against the Vikings and Chargers. Man, yeah, Matthews McCown yards that year. Uh, which the funny thing, they, I'm looking at it now. They combined for 4,352 yards, 25 touchdowns and 20 interceptions. So that's how you cancel out the, the 45, 32, and the 25 because there are 22 interceptions. It doesn't do you a lot of good. Yeah, Macy, Macy Brooks, um, Marcus Robinson, and Marty Booker were all rookies that year. Hmm. And Robinson actually had a hell of a year, you'll recall. Oh, well, yeah, Robinson had over 1,400 yards, but I, my friend maintains, Nine has, has maintained his entire, his entire life that uh, Marcus Robinson – would have been a Hall of Famer had it not been for Cade McNown because he blamed Robinson's perennial back injuries on <laughs> Robinson getting hit going up to catch those flutter balls from Cade. So well, I, I'm willing to I, give it, that one to him. And this is one of those things that I, I know that I know it happened as crazy as it sounds because I was there. I was in attendance. It sounds crazy, but I was actually at a game where Bears rookie Cade McNown threw four touchdown passes against the Lions in December. Three of them were to Robinson. But it was all like, you're right, it wasn't like any sort of a beautiful, um, you know, lofted. It was always this jump ball where Robinson would have to come back a little bit out and just out-leap the defender to pull it down. But he did. As a matter of fact, Cade McNown once threw four touchdowns in a game. I was there. I saw it. Wow. Living the dream. Yeah, we uh that same friend one time we were his his parents had paid us to, you know, to clean out their their basement closet and and his folks had just all kinds of bears memorabilia. They his dad would would just buy every autograph he could find. And we found a hat wedged deep in there that was signed by both Cade and Curtis Enos. And we really didn't know what to do with it. I was he was like, "Do you think we should burn it?" And I was like, "I don't know. You want to release that evil into the atmosphere?" So I don't know where that hat ended up, but we were pretty sure that, you know, in destroying it, we would do more harm than good. Yeah, just bury it. Yeah, you just got to contain the energy where it is on that cursed object. Yeah, burial would have been a good idea. All right, so um, we we actually have an interesting game tomorrow. Tomorrow night. Uh, Two six-and-six juggernauts. Facing each other, so here's an interesting fact. I guess it's a fact, not a stat. Of the 12 wins that the Bears and Cowboys have combined for this year, how many of those wins are against winning teams? I'm just going to say zero because, at least for the Bears, it's my impression that they've uh, they've pretty much, with the exception of the Chargers have beaten every team that they probably maybe should have beaten and just have not beaten anyone that well, they shouldn't have. The Bears have one notable exception. Yeah, they beat the Vikings. The Vikings. The Vikings. That's right. And that's, that's the right. only one of the 12 wins the two teams have combined for that's against the wow. winning team. The so Bears, they're actually better than Dallas in that regard. The, well, Bears, the good news for Dallas is that they can win their division without probably having to beat a 500 team because nobody else in that division is even sniffing it right now. So correct. I think that the Eagles are already 5-7. and seven, so. This is actually not even close to a must-win 
for the Cowboys. As amazing as that sounds, <laughs> they can write this one off and it will not affect their, because they're only playing for the NFC East. They have a game lead over the Eagles with a head-to-head win and they play them one more time so they can phone this one in. The Bears wins are against the Broncos, the Redskins, and the Vikings. And then the Lions twice and the Giants. The Cowboys wins are going to sound very similar. Giants, Redskins, Dolphins. Um, Eagles, Giants again, Lions. So. Wow. Like the Giants and uh, Lions are interchangeable. Dallas got to play the Giants twice, the Lions once, and then it was the inverse for the Bears. Yeah, they both beat the Redskins. They both beat the Redskins. Bears didn't get a shot at the Dolphins, and honestly, I... I don't know that they could beat them now. <laughs> no, but but Dallas didn't get a shot at Denver either, so that, that equals out. Yeah, well, I don't know if Dallas could have convinced them to put an extra second back on the clock so they could kick a field goal and win that. So, But the Bears did. True. The uh, Bears are also going to catch uh, a little bit of an injury luck. Uh, Leighton Vander Esch is already out, and uh, he's really good, so that's nice to avoid him. Akeem Hicks is back practicing for the Bears, but he is um, not even in consideration until next week against the Packers. Part of me, and not that not that the defense has really been a problem this year, except it seems late in games that they're winning, but part of me really would like to see the Bears win just to stay alive to see if, if Hicks can come back and make a difference. But again, I'm already acknowledging the fact that it's not as if the defense is really the reason that they're where they're at, but... Well, I couldn't do think, hurt, right? I do think Hicks returning would uh, get Khalil Mack off the um, milk carton because it's clear they've call. been able to, to throw an extra guy at him and really not have to worry about it. You know, we were picking on Leonard Floyd for not taking advantage of the fact that Mack is double and triple team, but uh, I think it's uh, I think it's time we can acknowledge that Roquan has finally reemerged. Oh, he. he- Really impressive. 15 tackles and a couple sacks, right? 15 yep. tackles, 10 solo, I think. Yeah, that's that's quite a game. Yep, he was very good. I mean, he's been pretty much he's been, he's been pretty much solid since he's arrived. Yeah, he uh he seems like whatever was, you know, and and we never may find out what the deal was and we don't need to. Seems like whatever that was took him out of his game for a couple weeks, but once he got back and, you know, game shape he's been pretty solid the last couple of weeks culminating right. he really took over that game on defense so yeah he's he's a, he's a he was a good now if only floyd can come back yeah, yeah roquan has double digit tackles in four something of there. his last five games so he is i was reading something that kind of made me reevaluate um floyd in that uh I guess he actually has something like the the fifth fewest pass rushing snaps for an edge rusher or for an outside linebacker in a 3-4 this year. So I, he's actually, you know, maybe it seems like part of the reason he's not doing a lot as a pass rusher is he's actually not being asked to pass rush. It seems like they're maybe you rotating in other guys or using more blitzing Roquan or blitzing Trevathan inside rather than, rushing Floyd off of the other edge 
So does that mean he's dropping back in coverage more than? Yeah, he's been dropping back in coverage, and I guess I mean I don't have access to Pro Football Focus, but I'm told he grades out actually pretty decently in that category. So I don't know if maybe um, Pagano just thinks that their best version on defense is having him back and using you know Roquan to run inside because Roquan's got great speed. But yeah, he apparently has not actually pass rushed quite as often as you would think. So that would explain some of his absence on that in that category, I guess. All right. Yeah, I didn't know where you were going with the thing about Floyd. I thought you were going to say that you think he's limited. He's been limited in pass rushing opportunities because he has Marfan syndrome. There's <laughs> wait what? Okay, I was going to say I was what? hoping at least one person would get that joke. So that's, I'd, no. Is that, is that a flow? Yes, it's a flow. Exactly, it's a flow. Hyman. People, ex, people who are freakishly tall. One of the one of the concerns is that you might have Marfan syndrome, named of course after Antoine Marfan, the Lou Gehrig of being tall. Wow, yes. Did, is that what Hank Gathers had? No, he had something else, right? Well, his heart exploded. Oh, uh, pardon me. No, that's uh, I don't know who they named that after. <laughs> Maybe Corey Hart. Now that doesn't make any sense. An old midget face. <laughs> we don't have enough midget faces these days. Miss, miss, <laughs> miss being able to make that. Uh, the kid from Friday Night Lights, Jesse Plemons, has midget face. But uh, yeah, yeah. I'll never forget back when you and Kermit did the Cubs broadcast, and, and he and he came up with the observation that if you combine Corey Hart's face with Dan Ugla's arms and Ron Say's legs. <laughs> Perfectly proportioned little person yeah, playing you baseball. Have, you have Eddie Goodell. That's what you. That's what you come out with. <laughs> Paul, baseball Hall of Famer. I guess he's probably in the museum. Are his? I wonder. This is a good question. Um, I think Eddie Goodell's bones are in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Do they collect stuff like that? Probably not. In the museum. <laughs> Can you like go back? You know, they give when you become a Hall of Famer, they give you the special tour, and you get to go back there. Do they like pull up in a drawer? Like, you want to see some shit? Look at this. Eddie. We got Eddie Goodell in here. It's not even a full-size drawer. Ryan Sandberg said he was very impressed by that part of the tour. <laughs> All right, that's completely off the rails. So, um, all right. So we're talking about the um, talking about the Cowboy game. Do, does either of you have an idea what this point spread is? I found this very interesting. I don't have an idea. I'm just going to assume because of how crazy this year is that the Bears are favored, um, and I'll just I'll just go with the standards. I'm not very not feeling very imaginative. I'll just say the Bears are favored by three and a half. Kyle, do you want to guess the line? We could steal this. Uh, steal a bit from from Bill Simmons because God forbid he not like he it's at Soldier Field. I'm going to say it's Bears plus four. You are both way off. Cowboys. You mean minus four, Kyle? Yeah, it's it's actually Cowboys by three. So they're basically saying oh, Dallas okay. six points better than our beloved. Right. They're giving away that three point at home. That's only I believe. Wow, that's the first time that the Bears have been dogs at home and only the third time all season. I nope. believe it's only the third time all year that the Bears have not been favored. Part of that you have to factor in is it's. It's it's the Patriots have kind of become a public team, but with the Packers and Cowboys especially, 
Vegas knows that they can get the money. They can get Rubes to bet on them no matter what. So they can actually throw a couple of points in that direction to try to even it out. This is basically them trying to get action on the Bears to help mitigate. So there's Cowboys Cowboys lines get thrown off a little bit. But it's clear that uh, Brett Musburger and his uh, guys in the desert think that the Cowboys are, are better than the Bears. And I would have that? thought that, but watching the Cowboys recently, I think good. Well, you know, I watched the game the week before in New England, and I know that the a lot of the events in that game were mitigated by the extreme weather. So you know, maybe I shouldn't have read too much into it, but I was impressed with how Dallas kind of hung in there. Um, you know, against uh, against they, they actually they actually. I believe cross midfield on their final drive, they got uh, almost pulled a miraculous reception that was, you know, overturned on replay. But then on Thanksgiving, Jesus Christ, I don't know how anybody in their right mind could think this team is trending upward. I mean, at home, I know Buffalo, and obviously Buffalo had something to prove, and maybe Buffalo is a little bit more legit than, you know, most people are kind of just assuming that Buffalo, in spite of the record, is, you know, Buffalo. But they, they did look good, but more to the point, I felt Dallas just completely laid an egg. And I don't know how anybody can have much confidence in them. Um, yeah. So kind of the unstoppable force meets the blabjack here because I – Cowboys offense to do a lot against the Bears defense, but I don't like the Bears offense to do a lot against anything. So – I think I will probably just – I'm going to say the Cowboys are going to win, but I think if I I would take the Bears and the points because I'm going to say it, it, it'll it be close. I think a big key will be if on the final play of the game, if uh, Chris Conte knows he's in uh, man or zone and doesn't let Randall Stop. Cobb run. Oh, Stop. Okay. <laughs> you're, you're triggering me. Randall Cobb returning to – the scene of many, many times when the Bears just forgot to cover him. Well, I just think of the one, right? Fourth and whatever from midfield. Fourth and eight. Fourth and four ever. Fourth and eight. In a game that that's, to me, that's only, that was a terrible, one of the worst plays I've ever seen in Bear history. It was only the second worst play for me in that game. There was the, uh, the ball they just let lay on the ground. And Aaron Rodgers is screaming for somebody to pick it up, and they do and get a touchdown. And uh, oh my God. Lance Briggs almost tripped on the damn ball walking by it. And uh, he was an old, obviously, the the old lovey, we pick up every ball thing. Lance had decided, oh, shit, I don't do that anymore. Well, I think I, I Lance, I, I believe, and the finger's been pointed at him, like he... And I guess maybe I don't blame him, but Lance was one of the ones that supposedly, like, the minute Tressman came in, was like, fuck this guy. Like, that was, law has long been rumored to be the case. So I'm not surprised Lance was given less than 100% at that point. Well, there were also 10 other guys on the field who could have gone over and picked the ball up. So I don't want to completely blame Lance. Maybe Lance thought that the ball was a Lamborghini. And he had just crashed it into on, on the sitting on the Eden's Expressway. And so he was just going to get away from it as quickly as possible. It's always possible. Uh, I am going to 
as much as I just made fun of the line, I think they're probably right. Um, that the Cowboys are six points better than the Bears. Um, for sure, I want to. I want the Bears to win because I want the Bears to win. But also, I really want the Packer game next week to mean something, because I think that the Packers are a propped up pile of mediocrity, disguised as a actual playoff contender. Um, sure, if I had if I had to bet money, many many times in their history, the Bears. They're never the ones to to knock over that house of cards, though. No, and even when they, they don't even get me started on the fact that the last Super Bowl that the Packers allegedly won, um, the Bears could have eliminated them from the playoffs on the very last day of at home, and uh, decided they were just gonna oh, yeah. get, they were just going to get ready for the playoffs. Um, no, they went up, they went to Lambeau, and a win would have kept the Packers out of the playoffs. And the no, Bears went you're right. Austin was a championship game. And then they had, a, right, then they had a second crack at them, and they lost that one, too. Um, Did they at least make up for that partially by pantsing Minnesota last year when they had absolutely no incentive in Week 17? Which, by the way, I'm living in fear of that. Oh, it's not going to matter. Never mind. Because if that game means anything this year, it'll mean something for both teams. Carry on. Oh, I've remembered this for a weird reason. Um, I le- a little bit of gossip that I picked up at uh, my at Thanksgiving. Uh, my niece was a uh, DePaul volleyball player. Her career just recently ended. She's not very upset about it. She's tired of playing volleyball. One of her teammates is Eddie Pinero's girlfriend. Oh, bug eyes! Yes. So, as my brother said, she might want to. Um, give him a few more weeks before she decides what to actually do with Eddie. The weird reason that I remembered that just then is that I also have a friend whose friend is Mike Zimmer's girlfriend. So there you go. Girlfriend? Girlfriend. Mike's Mike is a widower. Oh, that's right. One-eyed widower. Yeah, that happened back when he was still with the Bengals. That was a sad story. Yep. So there you go. So there's, that's all I know. I don't know any names. I'm sure I've heard both names. Don't remember either. Don't really care. But I uh, thought that was of interest to anybody. It probably wasn't. Um, by the way, I, I didn't follow through on my thought. I'm, I'm just going to bet with my heart. I'm going to take the points, and I'm just going to say the Bears went out right because um, as frustrating as this season has been, like like both of you, I still want the Bears to win. Um, and I'm just going to will will it. I'm not going to be rational about it. Dallas sucks anyway. But, yeah, I want I want to see this thing go on a little bit longer. Make that Packers game mean something. Make that Chiefs game mean something. That's the only game I'm going to this year. Um, I, the odds are very long that the Bears are going to be alive in a couple weeks. But, you know, considering, um, you know, absolutely how – Desolate things were a month ago. Let's let's uh, you know let's keep it alive. So I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go Bears 21, Dallas 10. They're gonna shut them down. That's my call. Oh, I didn't get the over under. The uh, 43 and a half. So you're under. So, I'll t- I'm taking the under. Yeah, I'll take the uh, I'll take the Cowboys and the under. Just to be a turd. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we'll find out quickly, at least. I kind of enjoy the Thursday night game because it's like, I mean, yeah, they're total messes, but 
it's a good feeling when you win and you get to watch the Sunday games without that pressure. And if you lose, well, you know, at least they got it on. You didn't. Well, and, and, this, wait till Sunday for and that shit. this one in so. theory shouldn't be as big a mess because both teams have had a full, have had a normal week. That's true. Yeah. So. Although they're still the Bears and the Cowboys, so they that might make it a total mess just on its own. I think the thing I think the thing we can all agree on, I'm just going to assume we're all going to agree on this, is that the game in a couple of weeks against the Chiefs, that's going to be um, the determin- the determinator as to whether Ryan Pace made the right pick. I just think that one yeah, game, sure. that one game, that'll be that. Yeah, he can. Mitch, the, the Mitch jury can, is out. Mitch can completely that. legitimize the pick with one game. I think that's fair. Um, I haven't even looked. Did, uh, will the Chiefs have an incentive? Or are they are they running away with the West? Are they going to have anything They're to play not. for in that game? I would think they'll still Oakland's be two games behind them. Yeah, Oakland's still in striking distance, so they'll probably have something to play. For. Yeah, that might be well, the it's in two weeks. So. Well, but they they'll probably be a, probably a win will probably wrap up a playoff spot for them. So they would be well, and that's the other, and thing. then it would allow the them to rest the last week. So I would right. think they'll have a lot to play for. Again. That's true. That's true. The the division is one thing. That's not the issue. Right. The it's issue playing is playing for seeding. Keep, and right now they're still two behind both New England and Baltimore. So even if uh, even if Oakland continues to fade, I mean that that division is pretty weak, and Kansas City's pretty much got it. But that's beside the point. Um, they're definitely going to be um, trying to win. But hopefully, hopefully we'll be previewing that game, and the Bears will still be alive in two weeks. Be quite a thing if they are. Um, this is so former Bear Tim Ryan. You remember the great Tim Ryan? Not the uh, not Johnny Morris, Johnny Morris sidekick. <laughs> I love the fact that I remember. I remember Tim Tim Ryan and Johnny Morris for two things. Um, doing every Bear game when the Bears were bad. Cause they Until were... John Madden took over in 85. Right. And then all of a sudden the Bears all. were good and you had to ha- have them on all the time. And um, <laughs> them doing like Olympic bobsledding one year because CBS was literally <laughs> just grabbing everybody they already employed. And like just said Tim Ryan and Johnny Morris to go to the, to the bobsledding. Johnny Morris like, too? What the, what the hell Ryan is it going to matter? Morris? So the other Tim Ryan, the one who used to play for the Bears – yeah, the one who wore number ninety nine, thus trying to desecrate Dan Hampton's legacy. Carry on. Did you see that he he's going to serve a one game suspension from his? He's the radio color analyst for the Forty ers Um, he's lucky he got a one game suspension because um, he said on the radio, not during the game. Apparently, he just was on a she was on a show on Wednesday. And he said that Lamar Jackson's dark skin helps him disguise the dark football when running fake handoffs in the zone read heavy Baltimore offense. Jimmy the Greek says what? Yeah. Yikes. Wow. Yeah. It's is it 1958? No, it's not. But apparently The ghost of Jimmy the Greek lives. Yeah, that was a real that was a real uh, humdinger. <laughs> I'm surprised that one game suspension was all he got. Like, he, I'm sure he's not so important. You couldn't just uh, make him quietly go away for that. <clears throat> I, I mean, Jimmy the Greek lost his job 20 years ago for yeah. you know d- dipping his toe in that water, and he was old and you know whatever. Like they could have excused it. Tim Ryan, my God, guy should know better. You would think. All right, so on that note, guys, uh, nice job, and uh, hopefully we'll have a 
Wow, can you imagine if we had a third straight win to talk about next week? It's just, I don't even know it's what It's happened do once myself. before this year. It has. <laughs> Maybe that's Yeah. Well, we'll see. Yeah, let's hope we're not uh we're not um doing you know, eulogizing yeah, this I think week. If, yeah, as I I think if they if they lose that little the next one will basically be the obituary. So, yes, we'll so. right. So let's 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 right. hope we can do this for a couple more weeks. Because yep. once they're eliminated, I think I'm checking out. Just so you know, <laughs> I would guess the listeners will not, have not that also I haven't checked out by then. So, uh, <laughs> do we still have them now? We do. Right. It's a it's a pretty hardy uh, group. Numbers stay pretty consistent right. week after week. So, all right. Well, all thanks, right. guys. Well, uh, go Bears thanks, and good night, fellas. Right. Go Bears. See you guys.